Welcome back to another episode of The Priest and the Futurist, a conversation to create the future. And this is season two, episode 20. We're still stretching the second season. And today I speak with Mark. And I'm really excited to uh, to hear your feedback, your input, even if you listen to the podcast afterwards. But definitely when you watch live through the all the channels we're streaming, I really invite you to engage with us and just leave your comments, ask your questions, agree, disagree. It doesn't matter. It's all about having the conversation. Mm. So, Mark, welcome. Thank you, Ariane. It is always a pleasure, my friend. Um, but it's been a few months and uh, the, the the sun has risen and shone all through summer. And, uh, and here we are again now. Yeah, well, we finally have summer. Like we had quite some 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 rain, <laughs> even some too much rain, like just before. Yeah. And now it's beautiful weather. So I think you call it Indian summer or something. Right. All, all our friends in the UK are saying it's one of the, the dampest, coldest of summers that they've had. I tell you, it's been warm out here in the great state of North Carolina. Yeah, definitely. I, I, in the UK and also in the Netherlands and Germany and in the Alps, it has been wet mm. but it was a beautiful summer as well so nothing good. to complain good, so good. when we think about the future um one of the things that really got me i would say off is that we hear all these strange discussions and strange in the sense that i heard that it's less than 50 percent in the u.s people trust government Hmm. business leaders or the media in europe it's a bit more let's go it let's say move to the left so we we trust the media for 60 percent mm-hmm. but the government and those leaders we also like somewhere in the middle which right. is in a way frightening when we right. think of we, we elected yeah. them yeah and that's that's interesting because you know compare that to Norway where they have actually quite a high trust in the government um, and their elected officials and the media comparative to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. And then when I think of like what what's mainly in the media, and I saw it even like in one of the 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 the, the soccer uh, matches. Actually, it was between I think Sweden and the Netherlands or Norway and the Netherlands. Like everywhere, they are shouting for human rights. Mm, yeah, and 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 that just made me think. We just survived the the, the social responsibility, and I think I don't agree. Mm. So maybe it sounds a bit that I'm from the right perspective, <laughs> because um, we always say don't be that political correct. So I don't want to be political correct. I don't want to be offensive, but I definitely don't want to be political correct. Hmm. But I think it's not about human rights or social responsibility. I think it should be about something different when hmm. we look to those numbers of the trust we have in the system. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, social responsibility can only happen as far as my ability to be responsible for myself. Um, I think that's a that, that, that's just a key point, and, and we try to to delegate this sense of responsibility out, um, which you know it, it feeds. I think something went wrong. 
we lost Mark in the connection. I hope he is joining us again soon. I don't know what is happening. That's with live sessions. Well, at least I hope I'm not kicked out of the session. Not Mark's coming back in session. Okay. And then I place myself again. So here we are, Mark. We're better. We're back. Don't know what happened there. Something changed. You look so much better. It's amazing. I jumped in the telephone box back out again. Here we are. <laughs> well, welcome back. You were just saying that social responsibility mm. makes no sense if we think outside having our own responsibility defined. Right. And actually outsourcing responsibility. Mm. Yeah. And if we were to look at the political divide, then... Typically speaking, so I know people on both sides that would 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 disagree with the fact that um, you know that all responsibilities should be a social responsibility. Um, but I think if we were to again generalize, I think it's fair to say that generally speaking, that on the left side of this conversation, um, you're going to find people are more likely to delegate out responsibility um, away from themselves to others. Um, you know, for example, you, you look at things like, oh, pandemics come, well, then what, why isn't the government paying me my extra money to help me survive? Yeah. Um, you know, those sorts of statements that come out here in America, we've got a major problem of actually getting people back to work. Um, in fact, I've been to many restaurants where it says, please be kind to our staff because at least these guys wanted to work. I've, I've seen several signs with that written on them on the front door. Um, you know, and I just think that's really curious that, that people are going, well, why would I bother turning up to work when the government's paying me all this money? Uh, yeah. Now, others are saying, well, it's because they're afraid of COVID and this, that and the other. Well, I'm sure there's some of that in there too. But I think fundamentally, it, it's highlighting this fact of this sense of, oh, I don't have to take responsibility for myself. If the government is taking a social responsibility for me right now, I can just sort of fall helplessly into their arms. I think there's a problem with that. Yeah, I've, I've, I have to be careful because I think it's a bit different in Europe. Hmm. Like, um, I would say majority um, is much more on like social responsibility. The government should, should do it. That's why we elected them. That's why we pay tax. I think it's a minority that thinks, yeah, yeah, that's why we pay tax. And probably we have to pay more tax soon because we don't get it back. If you hmm. give them a finger, they they... they you lose your finger. Mm. Um, I think that 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 is that is a thing we are not that aware or not talking mm. as much about on in in Europe. In, yeah. If I just generalize, um, but I, what I see is that social responsibility is like a buzzword used, and I would say abused mm. to to centralize a mm. lot of well extra control. Yeah, and because it's not like we look to the government, help pay. Mm -hmm. um, they, we also look like help decide. Yeah, and then tell me what I need to do. Yeah, and then we find out that we feel constrained. Yeah, so, so yeah, I think what what you've got there is in the in the context of, of what we're discussing, control. Um, it, for the, for this type of control to happen, it's an unhealthy codependence. Um, that, that takes place where the government is dependent on the people and the people are dependent on the government. Um, yeah. and, and I just think that is, a, that is a really unhealthy position to be in. I mean, again, you, I've, I've got the framework of, of America. I've been here going on 12 years now. 
Um, the currency devaluation is is it happening at an astonishing rate. Um, in fact, I was reading something just the other day and they said the value of $1 in America in 1913 um, at versus the value of the dollar today, it's worth the equivalent of one nickel today of what you can buy versus what you yeah. could buy back in you know, 1913. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not sustainable. And now we're printing more and more money. Why? Because the government needs people to want to vote them in. The people are now going, well, where's all our money? Um, and what happens? You end up with massive currency devaluation. Uh, we can't sustain it. It's going to hit a wall here pretty soon. So we also lost the trust in our, let's call it, value certificate system right exactly right just positioning money as i know that it's like it's the control of power and the control of money mm -hmm. that that are the tools in the hand of, of any governing body mm -hmm. um but it's so important i believe that we um, get even like from the the human right to yeah. social responsibility and we redefine what it means to be humanly responsible so mm -hmm. let's talk about human responsibility mm -hmm. but that's also about the money that's also about our future mm -hmm. that's about what we learn it's how we develop the ownership should be back to the the individual right and and we see this too i mean as a pastor i've, I've noticed this a lot over the years is that um you, you look at historically, you've got your priest, your rabbi, your guru, your, your shwami, your, whoever it is, you know, your, your, your spiritual leader that stands in the middle between God and people. And we like to say, well, the, the Protestant Reformation did away with all of that. Well, it did for a little while, but we started replacing and putting people called pastor or minister or whatever we want to call them um, and putting them straight back in that same position again. Um, and we would tend to think that it's actually the, the church that has been the ones that have demanded that. And yes, in some cases, and perhaps the majority, that's the case. What I found interesting is when we've tried to remove ourselves from that place, people wanting to push us back into that place again. Um, you know, and it, and, and it expresses itself sometimes like this, where they'll say, Pastor, what do you think God says about a, B, C, and D. And I said, well, I've said before, yeah, well, you don't want to know what I think. Let me help you know what he thinks and hear from him yourself. Um, many times that's people have seen, I've, I've just been uh, in, their, in their eyes, actually relinquishing my responsibility. No, I've been empowering you towards yours because God has, been, uh, has set it up so that you can hear from him yourself. Um, so, so it expresses itself in a whole host of different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly in the, within the spiritual arena, I found it very paradoxical. I, I, told, I, I agree. Like the more I, I, I am looking at like this, this new age to come, mm -hmm. or I think we are already like deep in this, this new reformation, hmm. reinventing leadership, reborn society, language we hear more and more often um i start to understand what you and i have been talking about over the last years it all starts to to seem to go to one central point mm. which is we can choose between do we centralize things that by the time we centralize for whatever reason mm. do we decentralize so that mm -hmm. we develop the ownership ourselves mm. that we are responsible for our actions, our deeds, the yeah. results, um, yeah. and by that way, I think that is that same thing that happened in the past with the Reformation, mm -hmm. because 
we we tend to, to romanticize it like like mm -hmm. the breakthrough of the church i would say it was not the separation between the state and the church it was the decentralization of power back to mm -hmm. you and i mm -hmm. with a personal relationship and not an outsourced relationship yeah and it if you look to history books really it was a political movement mm -hmm. to end the centralized power of rome right right um <clears throat> I think it's it's about 500 years ago mm -hmm. that this decentralization happened. Hmm. It was 1521, so it is 500 years ago, which is four years later than the famous 95 uh, thesis. Notes. Yeah, and but I think it didn't take that long before yeah. there were new streams that re-established mm -hmm. actually centralized power. Well, when we look at revival of um, of any description, mate, it, it, one of the things that snuffs it out um, is things become re-centralized. Revival that truly is revival is a decentralized movement, um, and it, and it's it's a movement of the masses, and then it dies out because we need to control it. We need to pull it into right line. We need to be able to develop predictable systemic uh, put in systems so we can develop predictable outcomes. That's the key um, word, predictability. Mm -hmm. That's right. And and the nature of revival is it's many things, but it's not predictable. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, I've been in the middle of, of revival before, true, genuine revival, and it's messy. Um, it, it's not romantic. It's very, very messy. Um, and uh, it is certainly not predictable. Well, that is and, for sure. And you talk about revival, and we could talk about macro churches, micro churches. But mm -hmm. when I look to business, mm -hmm. I, there, the parallel is is nearly frightening because in the same time over the last couple of years, you see that startups want to scale up. Mm. And the first thing they implement is positions, titles, mm -hmm. responsibility. So what they do, they centralize controlling this mm. new organization. Mm. We create formats, we create programs, we, we make uh, one-pages of our culture, we define our core values. Now, mm. it's all this kind of thing for people to say, when we grow up, at least it stays uniform like mm. it was as a startup. Over the years, helping leaders to go to the next phase of startup, I noticed that a much better step than uh, scale-up is actually grow-up. Mm. So get this deeper understanding of who you are, where you mm. want to go, and don't look at numbers. Mm -hmm. Don't look at the expansion just in numbers of your clients, your revenue, your amount of staff, because that doesn't define. Yeah, that's a good point. It doesn't yeah. define at all. Because yeah, it's, it, it's symptomatic, isn't it? It's not so much the, exactly. um, the, the focus or the goal, it's the symptom. Because there's one human reaction when the numbers decline. Mm -hmm. More pressure. Fear and, fear and control. <laughs> fear and control. So if you don't want to end up in fear and control, and that's probably most entrepreneurs, leaders, yeah. pastors, that's why they start their startup, their, their mm -hmm. church plant, startup, and they don't want that. But mm. the, the first thing they take out of the book of tools is to manage the thing. To yeah. sustain and we forget the, that we started it from our own desires as an overflow we forget yeah. that it's about people yeah and we start 
looking at the spreadsheets. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, we systematize everything. And when we systematize, we dehumanize because now people have gone from a relationship to a number. And, uh, you know, and that, that very thing is the antithesis. If we're talking about kingdom business and kingdom building, um, then, then that, you know, statistics are moving away from relationship. Well, then that, that's the antithesis of, of the kingdom because uh, kingdom is always about relationship. I know we've spoken about before. That's yeah, the context. Yeah, context. When, when we wrote about uh, in Think, Speak, Live about the nature of KPIs, um, yes, it's, it's important to still run things well because you do have to pay your taxes and wealth creation is not a bad thing and you want to pay your staff well so they flourish. All that, that's important. When that becomes the primary indicator of your success, then you've got a major problem because a kingdom business sees the business as the vehicle for relationship. And so we looked at those yeah. four things of KRIs as being the primary leading indicators. Um, and, and they were honor, respect, dignity, and creativity. When you've got those elements in place, and then your KPIs, okay, you need to make sure your finances are managed well and responsibly. That's, that's fair enough. But, but they're a secondary consideration. If you're doing these things right, then you've got the funds to be able to manage those other things right uh, to go on and do what you've got to do. But if you just look at how the world, and I think it's not different uh, in, 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 a, in, a, in a church setting, like I, one, one of my... Uh, participants in the mastermind said the first question asked is how is your congregation doing hmm. oh, and it, yeah. said, it just freezes me and it just takes out my whole mindset of <laughs> i'm about to enter a future mm -hmm. and i want to go there with as many people i want to share that perspective yeah but numbers and it's the same like you end up in the fortune 500 mm -hmm. what does it compare mm -hmm. well, at, at all it's comparison yeah that's and exactly you cannot right. compare relationships. It was many, many decades ago, my friend, I have to say that now because I know how old I am, um, that I stopped going to pastors' conferences. <laughs> and, and that was one of the reasons on the top of my list as to why. I got sick and tired of the first question of how, how many are you running is the, is the way yeah. that it would be put. Um, and, uh, and, and then the next thing is, well, so what's your facilities like? I mean, these are the questions that, that came out. Gosh, you must have a decent budget to run all that. How many staff have you got? I mean, these yeah. are the questions. They're, they're the first things out of the, out of the mind, out of the mouth. How do systemize? Exactly. And yeah. then, oh, boy, you, yours is better than Fred's over here. Come on, everybody, come on and gather around this guy because he's got some insights and to help us. To, and you sit there and go, am I really spending my time and my money and my energy on, on these sorts of environments and turning up? And I, I just got sick of it. I just couldn't do it anymore. But what we see is it is the, the common reference in a business, in a church, what you could say both are organizations, mm -hmm. a way to sustain mm -hmm. the, the continuation. Um, we see that that it's the reference. But when yeah. we listen to the, to the time and age we're living in, mm -hmm. we see that it's stronger than ever that, we, yeah. that it's about you have to own your own future. Mm -hmm. Or and we, we, we don't say it in that word. We say that if you don't have your own dream, you will live someone else's dream. Hmm. If you don't want to be bossed or bossed or bullied around, you have to lead yourself. <laughs> like we, we love to say, yeah, we want less control. I also see that leaders can let control go because that, that needs that demands a self-control level of the individual. Yeah. So it starts with the individual of 
self-development, self-control, mm -hmm. self-discipline, self-regulation, mm -hmm. self-leadership. Yeah. About your your future perspective, mm -hmm. your, your your how you spend your time. Yeah. Don't. Don't use the word manage your time. No, how you spend your time. That's how yeah, you yeah, a time is a currency, money is a currency. Um, yeah, you know, we have to get back to that. And the world is doing mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I just I heard it a few weeks ago. If you are not anticipating what's currently happening, mm. you will be left behind. Yeah, and that was not a fear message or or yeah. any FOMO of missing out. Mm -hmm. No, it was just a message like wake up, be aware of what's happening around you, anticipate mm. on what is yours. Yeah, and start acting to it. Yeah, I think I think the question then is is for people to consider today as a takeaway is what are you holding on to that you need to let go of so you can take hold of what you're meant to be holding on to. Um, because oftentimes our hands are so full in, in order to control that we actually can't let our hands open uh, in order to take hold of the good things that God has for us. You know, we talk about decentralization and, and you know, there's lots of conversations around this at the moment as though it's a brand new idea. But, but if we turn over here into the Gospel of Mark, um, let me just see here, where are we? Uh, chapter 15, um, where are we here? Da, 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 da. It's always here we go. Yeah, so verse 37. So Jesus on the cross utters the, the words, you know, Eloi, Eloi, Lamar, Shabachthani, my God, my God, you know, all of that. Comes on down to verse 37. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry, breathed his last. Verse 38, and the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. There is one of the great moments of decentralization right there. Yep. Um, up to that point, by the demands of the people, God was centralized. Um, you know, we had a king, we had a temple, we had all the things that we, we needed to have. And we got, you know, if you follow the story of, of the nation of Israel. But then in this moment, something very significant happens when Jesus breathes his last. I, I put it this way. The genie was suddenly out of the bottle again and there was no stuffing him back in. Uh, God decentralized. Jesus, you know, prophesied about this when he said that, that the Holy Spirit will be in you. In other words, at that point, that the temple went from one geographical location to now being in the hearts of people. So the temple was now mobile and scattered. This was a decentralized move of God. Um, God put a flag in the sand in that moment and said, now he's, the, the, the manifest expression of his presence would no longer be bound to one geographical location. Um, it now would be in the hearts of men scattered across the earth. And, and that, that, that for me is a beautiful picture of decentralization. It is. And, and it, all, uh, it goes all the way to the end. Because in one of the last chapters, we read about a city mm. coming down on earth which is called the bride. Yeah. So the bride is a city. That could be a revelation. Yeah. Um, but it is a city. And in the city is the, the rulership of God. Mm. Kings will bring and add their glory. Yeah. And there is no centralized place to meet. Yeah. Exactly. So the meeting is even decentralized, mm -hmm. which means from the beginning to the end, God was about relationship mm -hmm. of him. He became human yeah. to human. Yeah. And I think that asks for us, like, wake up. 
and don't be hit by another myth of a big bang when mm. the world finally collapses and rises <laughs> again in a new way like we we talked about with the dot-com bubble because right. it doesn't things are gearing up things are taking over mm -hmm. and it's not an improved version no it's not a revival it is a reformation a reinvention mm -hmm. of society leadership yeah starting with you and me by knowing where we have to take ownership yeah no exactly right exactly right and so self-control self-responsibility um, from the perspective of the kingdom of God is one of the great gifts God has given to us. And when we exercise that responsibly, we, responsibly, we become fully human. We become fully alive. God is our archetype. Um, and, and we see perfect self-control in God. We see perfect responsibility, ownership taken by God. And we are to follow in those footsteps, to be imitators of Christ. Yeah, and so... I just think like this is a good gearing up for for a lot of other conversations because mm -hmm. one of the aspects of decentralization is that it will give us so much color mm. in our conversations yeah. it is a daily invitation to have new creative thoughts to have new revelations new explorations which means every conversation is like making it wider mm -hmm. which means that we need to get give it a place in our system yeah. that we don't need to know. That's exactly right. We don't need right. to understand before we act. We I, act I love before it. we sense it and, and just look for peers to talk about it. Yeah, I, I love the, the expression of microchurch that we've been invited into. And it was an invitation because I certainly wasn't smart enough to come up with it in my own sense. Uh, it was an invitation by the Lord. And, but, but just to that point, the beauty that we get to witness and see in, in, the, in these incredible expressions um, of people encountering the perfect love of the Father in different contexts around the world. And it's just, I, don't, I, I love it. I, I, I can honestly say people have asked me, the, the pastors have asked me, how many micro churches have you got? You know, they're still wanting to know the, okay, you know what the great question is? I actually have no idea right now. <laughs> I really don't. And that tells me I've got to be doing something right now. Um, yeah. I, I mean, uh, more, more than half the people I'm sure that are involved, I've never even met before. Um, and, and I'm increasingly okay with that. Uh, but it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to see the expressions in different countries, in different contexts completely, and uh, just love it. Yeah, which means you have tools, you have programs, but they're not there to be rolled out. They're yeah. there just as, 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 a, as a service to others yep. to implement them in a unique way. And that is called relationship. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they're there for them to use or not to use if they want to. Entirely up to them. It doesn't bother me one way or the other. Yeah, well, I, I completely recognize the pattern. Like we run these weekly mastermind groups, mm. which is a peer-to-peer -peer community for entrepreneurs, creatives, leaders to actually accelerate by finding their voice mm. and, 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 and getting focused. And we just see like it's so important to actually be in a safe place with mm. your peers where you can ask that awkward question that is really important for you, but you normally can't ask mm -hmm. simply because it could confuse people. Yeah. Like, are you uh, putting a question mark after our ground rules? <laughs> no, but I have need reflection. I need to ask them just like it could 
update them or it could be right that they are confirmed again mm -hmm. we all have as leaders entrepreneurs creatives pioneers and innovators we all have questions that we need to ask so we need a safe mm. place yes indeed we do we all have questions we have don't have the language for yet so mm. we need to be encouraged to rephrase and rephrase and rephrase till we develop the language yeah that describes the future that is for the individual I'm, I'm intrigued by your title scrolling across the bottom here today if you're listening on the podcast you won't see it but you'll see it in the uh, in the session notes own your future tell us a little bit about that yeah well i i try to not as a rule but i try to do every three months a challenge mm. which is a five-day free challenge for people to participate in which is every six months about future and leading yourself into the future and the other six months it is actually about like how do i get a sharper perspective for the future mm. this one own your future is all about how do i lead myself how do i take control about the things that are important for me mm. how do i find out what is important for me and how can i be with peers that inspire me so mm. the challenge starts september 20th which will be five sequential days same hour which is 7 p.m central european time mm -hmm. which is it's 1 p.m uh on the east coast east coast yeah it's just after breakfast mm -hmm. or coffee on the <laughs> west coast 10 a.m and um it's just a, a place to that where i share everything that i know as the tools mm. to get accelerated into the future mm. and um every time i learn equal amount uh, than the other participants i have returning participants which for me is the biggest confirmation mm -hmm. if you don't update your perspective every three to six months mm -hmm. it's impossible to keep it top of mind exactly right and and one of my dear friends and peers in the mastermind always talks in 90 days and i really believe that there is something about 90 days Mm. It's how long the summer takes, how long the spring takes. Mm -hmm. yeah, Something happens in 90 days. Yeah. And mentally, we can oversee 90 days. So every 90 days have a refreshment, a challenge, a, mm -hmm. maybe a disruptive pushback really helps. So I have people that have been in all my challenges from the start <laughs> and, and they, they, they fly. Yeah. Um, so I'm starting it September 20th. Mm -hmm sign up please for it so you get your seat uh because i know that you need it i need it so just use the link thefuturechallenge.com all information will be on there sign up and i would love to to run into the future together with you fantastic we'll do that guys get out there and own your future and uh, thefuturechallenge.com. Get uh, your registration in for this five sequential days, September 20 through 24. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Get yourself realigned for the next 90 days. Um, and uh, yeah, this uh, love what this guy carries here. So you want to make sure you get the most out of that and uh, get ready to, to kick the door down of 2022 and rock and roll. Exactly. Yeah. And well, Mark, thank you for your time. It was a pleasure as always to just iron with iron and put something on the spot. And, mm. um, and I really encourage everyone who has listened 
or will listen to it get it out of your system start connecting start communicating mm. reach out to mark reach out to me through comments or just send an email most of you know if you follow this on channels you get you can get hold on our uh, contact details so do it do yourself a favor take the next step and uh, looking forward to next month mark with you indeed my friend can't wait and we have another conversation and not next i think it will be next week yeah hmm. it will be it will be the pioneer and the futurist with another good friend other pair of us uh grand fivers yes so just guys get on board own your future and looking forward for next week thanks mate look forward to seeing you again soon bye bye